I don't need this. Are you tired of the same old routine? My wife, my Busting your hump and getting nowhere? This just ain't my day. The boss, is he always on your back? Liza, my ass belongs in your chair, not in your lap, which is where you keep trying to put it. You bastard! The wife, you know, and the kids. Is that right? They never listen. I hate to see him pissing his life away in them goddamn computers. Do you ever feel like forgetting the whole thing? You think I got it easy? Well, now you can. I'm talking about life! Drop out and join the ranks of the few. The filthy. The trash. I got my own place a condominium. Where else can you live for free? And eat for even less? Forewarned. Freedom has its price. Yes, there's always a snake in the Garden of Eden. What you got for me today? Today? Ten to fly viper. One buck. Here's to you, pussy. <laughs> Don't drink my viper. Watch. <laughs> Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi. Anybody see the teaser trailer for VHS 85 that dropped today? I did not. Sure did. It's a, I mean, it's a real teaser. It's only like a minute long. It doesn't really show you anything. No. <laughs> Great. I'm glad I didn't watch it. <laughs> Pretty cool. I, I also saw a trailer for a movie called Beaten to Death. Anybody... Seen this? No. Beaten no. to death. Mm-mm. It's a new Australian outback horror. Ooh. It looks really good. It's supposed to be very violent. I mean, it's called Beaten to Death. Yeah. <laughs> I would assume. I like the title. Yeah, that it's about a guy. He gets beat up really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Poss- possibly to death. But that's only the beginning of his. Then he it's then he is out in the outback and he's trying to get somewhere and he just keeps getting beaten to death more and more survival by what yeah animals by people i don't know people just keep how many people are just out there wallabies the outback Mm. man this is a great concept yeah just a guy getting beat (laughs) (laughs) i like that to death i I saw cobweb oh Oh, you did i thought it was pretty good um yeah it's pretty good where did you see it i rented it oh it's rental now yeah it's nice. really good to know. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I was bummed that it didn't come to the theaters up here. Yeah. No, so who's behind Cobweb? I I saw the trailer, but I don't I didn't know anything about it. And then I saw that it wasn't coming up here, so I didn't really. I don't remember exactly who's behind it. It's another one of those I think like produced by and from the producers of. Yeah. But I like the cast. It's uh, yeah. Lizzie Kaplan, dude that plays Homelander from The Boys. Mm. Anthony Starr, uh, Tony Starr. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. Who's Tony Starr? He plays uh, Outlander in the <laughs> Homelander in the in the Boys. He's Highlander. Oh, the Boys. Is that the Prime Show? Uh-huh. Yeah, like a superhero Watchmen anti superhero kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's like if Avengers were really shitty in real life. Right. Yeah, it's great. This week, time to take out the trash. No, <laughs> it's Dave's Trash Week. He's been threatening this week for a long time. 
Although I think really this just goes to show how much Dave likes the general concept of trash. <laughs> You're a trash fan. I am a fan of trash, yeah. <laughs> he likes to just look at YouTube videos of trash. <laughs> <laughs> but when you, when in the you wind. search this first movie on YouTube, the first thing that comes up is Street Fights. My first trashy pick is 1987's Street Trash, directed by J. Michael Murrow. When a liquor store owner finds a case of Viper in his cellar, he decides to sell it to the local hobos at $1 a bottle, unaware of its true properties. The drink causes its consumers to melt very messily. Two homeless lads find themselves up against the effects of the toxic brew, as well as going head-to-head with Bronson, a Vietnam vet with sociopathic tendencies, and the owner of the junkyard that they live in. <laughs> Was that good? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like in, in the junkyard that they live in. Well, oh, that's kind of a nice too, yeah. <laughs> that's a good tip. I, I mostly wanted to watch Street Trash because I got a a line to the guy who's doing the remake of Street Trash, and I got an early clip of the movie, which I felt pretty special. They're filming the remake in South Africa right now, and uh, it looks much more somber than this. This is a very silly, goofy, dark comedy kind of jaunt, and it's weird because it starts off really strong, it ends really strong, and then in the middle of this film... You have a ton, like way too much character development of all these characters. Uh, there's tons of them. Aesthetically, it reminds me of like 80s, like Repo Man and stuff like that. Yes. Like grimy city. Yeah, very like, much. Uh, kind of dystopian. <laughs> it, yeah, even like some of the um, trauma stuff. Right. Yeah, very much like trauma. I like the tone of this. I love that um, when they drink the Viper, that they just use like neon paint and stuff and it's just like there's all these different colors so it's like it's kind of psychedelic uh and all the kill scenes are like really psychedelic and cool looking and i love melt movies i love melt horror the incredible melting man there's another melt movie from australia that i've been wanting to pick but yeah i like i like movies where people melt and that's what happens when you drink this stuff but People don't. People are like flirting with this. They're like all hanging out at the liquor store. They're all picking up the Viper, but it takes a while. Uh, not there's a big opening, but it takes a while after that for people to just be like chugging the Viper because it's so catastrophic that anyone would be like, "Oh, I'm not drinking that." So they're kind of spaced out after that, and then there's like a big melee at the end. It's very rude and lewd. Uh, it almost has like a do the right thing polarizing members of like a city uh, all like at each other's throats and you have the cops and you have the guy at the junkyard um, who's very gross <laughs> he's about to he's about to have sex with this dead body uh, this mo- movie goes pretty hard there's a dick football scene mm-hmm. that is pretty legendary it's you know not the best movie this is a trash movie it's a trash week people but it's a special kind of trash i think and i hope you guys liked it yeah i i love this movie it it does take some living in it, it's it's a very meandering very shaggy dog style you can't see you they have the opening like you said where you get the first melt 
right away and it's great. He melts on a on an old toilet in the junkyard, which is perfect and also I think easier for special effects. And he just squirts himself out of his own ass into this toilet and <laughs> ends up he looks like Belial from Basket Case. Yeah. Like, man, I was like, Oh yeah, I hadn't seen this before. I was like, sweet, gonna be an hour and forty minutes of this. I could use that. And then it doesn't happen again for a long mm-hmm. time. <laughs> and you realize at some point that this is a vibe and you're just you gotta hang with it and just get into the kooky B movie 80s kind of thing. It does get pretty slow until the penis football scene. Mm-hmm. That scene where uh, a guy takes a pee on another guy's face and he gets his uh, penis chopped off and they Woo. play football with it yep. uh, for an extended scene, not just for a minute. They really run plays <laughs> and stuff like that. And yeah. that's, that scene happens at the same time. It's intercut with another scene where the guy that owns the scrapyard fucks the dead body on the <laughs> right. on the river. So right. once you get to the the dick chop in the in the corpse fucking from that <laughs> that point on, now you're straight out with meltings and and big guys exploding from drinking the viper, and then it's just crazy until the end. A little bit rough getting there, but it looks actually great. And this is free on YouTube. But it doesn't look very good. It's fuzzy. It's not good looking. It's on Night Flight Plus, and they have a seven-day free trial. So if you're interested mm-hmm. in street trash, which I would recommend, free trial on Night Flight. It looks great. The cinematography is amazing, and this director, Murrow, was known as a cinematographer. You can tell. He was known for his steady cam work. Worked on all kinds of James Cameron movies, The Abyss, Titanic, among others. Titanic? Worked on Titanic. He, was, wow. he did the steady cam work. Um, Terminator 2... The list goes on and on. Some horror stuff, too. We talked about Maniac Cop, Brain Damage, JFK, Clueless, Casino, Heat, Fast and the Furious, tons of stuff. So That is wild. You can see all that talent. This is, I think, the only thing he directed for a feature. He did some TV, but you can see the way it's filmed. That really helps a lot because sometimes it's it's all you've got. <sighs> he's, he's talking about the cinema right now, and there's dicks flying across the screen. <laughs> not, not the realistic holy spider kind of prosthetic dick. This dick is... They don't try to fool you. you it's know? like yellow. It looks like an egg roll. <laughs> yeah, oh <my> exactly. It's <laughs> not good. This is a lot of fun. I'm excited to see the the new one. You, the, the clip that you got, Dave, was just... Uh, Dave showed us this clip that was just a, one of the melting scenes. The guy melting, and it looks amazing, all practical. looks really good. I, I'm probably guessing that... I don't know. It looks The new one looks a little bit more my speed than this. This is more fun as a, as a cult 80s classic... So bad it's good, for sure, mm. is is what this is all about. But I this one's tone deaf, but the new one is like the government's like behind it, and they're yeah okay experimenting that, like lab rats. Because yeah. I saw the like, synopsis kinda, of, right that it was right. like on purpose, and this isn't. This is just a cheap liquor store owner who wants to get. <laughs> it's like a creep show thing. He just wants to get a dollar a bottle for this hundred year old stuff that eats people. Good time. I I would recommend this one. It, it was funny. I thought that it, it wants to be so like offensive. But honestly, it's so mild compared to everything we've seen since 1987. This is not remotely offensive to me. I, I can see that it's trying to be edgy at the time. It wanted to to shock people and piss people off. But you know, this is kid stuff to me. Kid stuff. I'm excited for the new one. That'll be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. This one, however, <laughs> <laughs> I would say this is a weird I'm going to my trial. <laughs> a weird and disconnected movie to me you've got this booze concoction that turns people into a pile of goo awesome 
Sounds amazing. Yeah. It should have been the focal point of this movie. <laughs> it should have. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, you're right. I agree. But instead, <laughs> you only see this phenomenon happen for a total of like 10 minutes in an hour and 40. Hour and 40. Yeah, yeah, that's a long hour and 40. <laughs> it is for this. And then no one really seems to care. Like the cops that find the first like bodies are like, no, that's weird. And then no one kind of investigates how a man turned into goo in a toilet. Instead, we get a five-minute dismembered penis-throwing scene. Cinema. Love it. Love that. It started off giving me the stuff vibes, which I was super into. Loved the stuff. And I was like, I was very excited about it. And then it just turned into like a trauma-esque nightmare that I couldn't escape for an hour and 40 minutes. (laughs) How long was it? An hour and 40 minutes. (laughs) Hour and a half? So long. (laughs) Um, over 90? So many lame jokes and the overacting, and it's just like weird, like fart noises all the time. I don't understand. Fo- Fully farts, it's like, like whatever they could. Like the editor's just yeah. like, oh, I just put a fart in the <sighs> first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> Luckily, towards the end, as we've talked about, um, in the last 20 minutes, it shifts its focus towards the, the goo boos more, which was very happy. And then we are just. We're flourishing with these beautiful, random, like, goo deaths, like, all in a different way. You got exploding boobs. You got an exploding man. You got all this magical stuff. Um, So at least there was that. But mostly this movie just focused on this group of homeless people that live in a junkyard and how people treat them shitty and also the very terrible things that they do to each other and other people. It's basically a movie about 80s people being racist and classist and very rapey. Sexist, don't forget. Yeah. Well, yeah, I figured the rapey part <laughs> kind of covered that. <laughs> um, sprinkled in uh, with laughably gory shit and sometimes interesting things. Um, I just wanted more toxic goo. Yeah. Yeah, you guys nailed it. The movie is trying to be so many things. Like, Dave, you often talk about movies where you can just fast forward like you hope that the dvd chapters line up yeah this one i would hope would just line up with like every time somebody melts unfortunately right. there is a large segment <laughs> in the middle where you're going to be skipping a lot of chapters. i feel the same way i feel yeah. the same way i couldn't keep it out of trash week yeah and it's almost like like i love the vibe of this is very early peter jackson like you can tell it's a bunch of friends that are just having a fucking blast but it's almost like everybody had to get in on it and i think you know like trent you're talking about like the the sort of like repulsive and like the this mission to offend comes off like a little bit. It almost like tames it because you can tell they're trying so hard and they have yeah, to throw in yeah. like new characters to like introduce something new that's supposed to be shocking. Like, well, we have to introduce a new character so that they can throw out this slur and then we yeah. have to introduce a new character so that they can be the rapey one. And it's like, no, nah, you could just like you could bag up a couple of dicks and just mm-hmm. have them like, you know, check like three boxes each and we can get through some of this like general hospital casting call. Um, <laughs> and when I started it and it, cause I also had never seen this before. And when I started it, it was like an hour 40, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it, when you get there, you have to get there. Like once you start this movie and you get to the slog part, you have to get through it and you have to get to like that last like 20, 30 minutes. It, it does pay eventually. It, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to call it pay, you're, <laughs> you're a cheap date. <laughs> but it is a hell, it's something. You have to see it. It's it is something. something. Yep. And it is beautifully shot. Like, I can't believe this dude 
is the dude that did all this Steadicam work. I mean, back in the day, Steadicam was like a pretty new thing. Yes. And like operators were a really big deal. Yeah. And if you uh, look at his filmography, you'll notice that he was so busy doing all this high profile stuff. But the past 10 years, the 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 profile of his projects has gone way down. I assume that's because of advancements in technology. I think technology. Like late 90s, like early 2000s, like if you were a quote unquote Steadicam operator, like yeah. so, you had to strap these things to your body. Right. Um, you had to be like it was an art, yeah. And you can tell that this guy, you know, he was getting a he lot was of the work, guy. crazy stuff. I mean, yeah. he would never watch street trash, but if you did know that and you watch this, there are some pretty like outstanding shots. They really you do are. The free trial, and you can get a little bit more HD out of yeah. this thing, other than like the grainy it's YouTube. Worth it. Yeah. Either way is fine. It's a trash movie. Watch it. Right. Like somebody just right. fucking taped it on their grandmother's TV as she's watching a VHS of it. That's fine, but. Even in the slog part, there are some really beautiful shots of this movie. Uh, I mean, they're gross. <laughs> but even just things like, like uh, you know, somebody in the back of a car that's full of trash and stuff. Like, if you just sort of take a moment and look, you're like, yeah. that is actually really well set up and shot. Yeah. And all of the class stuff. Like, you know, I'm excited about the new one. I worry a little bit in modern times that, like, when they do a remake or they do some kind of like the Black Christmas remake, they tried to make it like so hit you over the head with some social commentary. Yes, I hope they don't do that yeah. with the remake, and I'm not saying they are. Just hoping this one really missed the mark in in having that. Like, I thought they were going there when the cop at first was like, "Real okay, they're going to make this about the cops. The cops are going to find out this is happening. They're going to ignore it because it's homeless people." Nope, just <laughs> that cops just. In, in three minutes of an introduction to the cop, he does every possible bad cop thing you could do over the course of, like, three Godfather movies. <laughs> in his members-only <laughs> jacket. Yeah. yeah, and then that's it. Then you're done. They're like, yeah, we checked that box. What about the food truck paddy wagon? They pull up to, like, <laughs> like to bust, like, all these prostitutes and homeless people or whatever and they have this like it looks like a box truck that like a potato chip van <laughs> or something I, I didn't know that's the cop that's probably car. what it was that's the notice. cop car that they pull up in and they have that little that little slide window that they look into the back and all the inmates are like chained to the wall and but there's kid, like graffiti on the inside yesterday got ice cream out of that truck is that what you're saying yeah I mean it's even more primitive than that it's like just an old box truck Either way, a lot of love went into making this movie. Definitely. And it's definitely. definitely something that... It's trauma. It's actually better than a lot of trauma. Um, and I understand that Lloyd Kaufman hates this fucking movie and hates... Oh, uh, oh really? Hates the director. They really? had some beef. Huh. And um, maybe it's just because this actually is uh, more well done than a lot of uh, trauma stuff. I was going to say, I think I like people more if I know that Lloyd Kaufman doesn't like them, personally. Really? Well, we can, get to the, we can get to the cancellation part of this movie. Everybody except the director has pretty much been canceled. Oh, so. really? Well, that, yep, that tracks probably. Well, canceled or dead. I mean, my favorite part of this by far is uh, Tony Darrow, who plays Duran, the mobster. He's, he's in the mix, too. There's a mobster <laughs> character whose girlfriend uh, ends up in the homeless encampment of the junkyard, and things go pretty badly for her. So her boyfriend is this powerful gangster, Duran, and he's played by this amazing character actor who would go on to, after this movie, his next movie was Goodfellas. <gasps> he did uh, Mighty Aphrodite, analyzed this, Bullets Over Broadway, ton of Woody Allen stuff. He just became a mobster, a, a small part mobster guy. Because Scorsese saw Street Trash. Career. 
Is that why? <laughs> yeah, Scorsese saw Street Trash and called him and was like, That's hey, come here, I got a role for oh, you. And then he would end up uh, on Sopranos on 15 episodes <gasps> of uh, Sopranos. Wow. So he's, he's the guy, that's, and I loved how the final scene, they go back to his character for the final scene, and it's intercut with the ending credits, so it feels like bonus footage yeah. or like B-roll or like bloopers or something like that, but it's just finishing his story. Pretty, pretty good. good. I was very startled by... I watched the bad quality version of it. I kind of like bad quality. Like it makes I, sense for this. Yeah, yeah. I really like does. watch movies on my phone all the time, especially like these '80s ones. And I don't really care about the quality. But when I when you see these crazy cinematic shots and these crazy dolly shots with the low quality and like the low caliber acting, it's kind of weird. It's like it kind of like takes you out of it because it does look like too beautiful for what's going on and all of a sudden you realize like the camera's like pulling out and it's this is all one shot and, and it's, now they're it going behind the well thing. and the yeah. ca- and they well i mean yeah but I, can't, I have no other way to say it. and the camera is steady <laughs> but even even in bad quality i love the colors that they chose for like the melting cuz it doesn't you can watch this on the lo-fi or in hd you could tell that this is like bright neon mm-hmm. you know goo and one of my other favorite things is I love the fact that when you drink the Viper in this, it's instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no yeah. suspense. There's no need. <laughs> One sip. It's like, it, it reminded me of the blood from Alien. Like when you hit an alien or like, you know, it, it's, it's blood is acid. I love that. Like drink it, toast. There's yeah, no right like, oh, when, when's it going to happen? Or when's this character going to get it? No, like shit yourself into a toilet immediately. Do we ever find out what it was? It was no, just I, viper I, juice? It, well, I, Trenton nailed it with the Tales from the Crypt type thing because you see the liquor store owner kind of like find this hidden vault or something yeah. in his liquor store and he pulls out this old case and it's just like, ha, 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 I don't know what this is. I'll sell it to the bums for a yeah. dollar. And that's it. He actually said creep show, but I agree with Tales from oh, the I'm Crypt. Oh, I'm sorry. Same, same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. E- an old, old EC comics or something yeah, like yeah. that kind of deal. It reminded me a little bit of, I thought it was spiritually aligned with All Jacked Up and Full of Worms from last right. year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of, that's that's kind of an update to me of, of this kind of That would have made Trash Week. Quirky, yeah, that's Trash Week. Yeah. Quirky, un, you know, underground street trash character kind of stuff. What about Bronson? Loved Bronson. I, I could have sworn he was in Revenge of the Nerds, but it's not him. <laughs> the no. guy, he kind of reminded me of like um, Lord Humongous from Road Warrior. The, the leader of the, the gang there or like the yeah, yeah. Or Fury Road even like he's like the leader of the of the uh, bad guys loved his end incredibly <laughs> ridiculous the most over the top gore thing is his end so good <laughs> the, the junkyard uh, people the homeless people that live there they have this they look like they're from the stone age they're all like completely covered in dirt all the time and there's like the girl Bronson's the lot girlfriend. lizard the lot lizard <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> that was like the worst character to watch. She was right. just well, and and sometimes so like like they would go from a character that lives in the junkyard having this scene where they look like super clean and they're talking normal, and then it would be like ten minutes later in the movie and they're in the junkyard and they're like covered in dirt, like they look like pig pen from like <laughs> Charlie Brown. All of a sudden, it's like, what did you do? Like leave your little like lair and then like roll in dirt. Uh, this movie is very racist. 
probably not to be tongue tongue in cheek or to like I send no, I sort of opposite just, message just to just shitty. just to be racist. No, I, I I think it I think that it was lampooning that sort of casual racism of these guys at the scrapyard. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, I got excited. So it was not written by the director. It was written by a guy named like Roy or Ray Frumkeys. Yes. I got excited when I started reading about him because he apparently either worked on or, or was around for Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, he made and a He's the only one that thought to film a bunch of behind-the-scenes yeah, stuff. They yeah. ended up making a documentary about Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I didn't know so that existed. Like, wow, and then he went on to like be a teacher, and then he went on to get busted for a bunch of sexual misconduct and was fired and at, canceled in 2018. Right, as a professor. He and, mm-hmm. and yeah. some other people, at the, I think, at the same school. There were a bunch of like arts, uh, arts degree professors just... You know, and I can't fig- I can't figure out. Brian Singer worked on this, but I can't figure <gasps> oh. out if it was on this or the student film that they made for this. But right. Brian Singer was a grip on either the short film, the student yeah. film that would then go on to become this or this. Yeah, both of these movies were. This started as a short, and the other, the hobo with a shotgun, started as the trailer. The trailer. So both kind of started as shorts, basically. This has like that charm that only movies from this era, like there's a. The production of these has a lot to do with them being endearing because you see them doing practical effects there. It's not someone just like dialing something in on a computer. Yeah. They're there doing it. And so when they do miss the mark, it's kind of like you you can see the trying in it and it at least yeah. is, you know, worth it for that. But I actually liked the, uh, even though, you know, it was very stupid. I thought the dialogue this week in both movies, <laughs> I can't wait to get into the dialogue in the next movie, but I, I thought it was hilarious, just the way they depict affluent people, the way they picked, depict ho- homeless people. Every, basically, was, everyone is depicted as an extreme, terribly. The worst. Yeah. 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 Every, if it's not a scene where somebody melts that you're fast-forwarding to, every single person is trying to use every scene they're in as their one-liner. Even if they've already had yeah. several throughout the movie, I, I liked some of the casting too. I loved the junkyard owner, the big giant junkyard owner guy. He does a great job being a total scumbag. Being gross. I loved the liquor store owner, another yeah. great scumbag with Lou a Ferrigno looking guy yeah. <laughs> with sunglasses on. It reminded me of like Uncut Gems or something where they casted all these actual guys from like the Diamond District. It has kind of that feel like some of these guys were probably just wandering around this neighborhood. And and I love the setting, the the scrapyard. We talk about the junkyard. It's huge. It's a massive New York City scrapyard. It's not a little, so it's almost like a small town. That was used really effectively, especially at the end, the final showdown with Bronson. Um, and the director's father owned a junkyard in Brooklyn. I wondered if any of it was shot there. I couldn't find out if this was his dad's junkyard, but certainly that must have had some influence on this whole thing. My favorite character was the uh, door guy or whatever. Mm, the mm. one who plays uh, in Frankenhooker, that guy. Yeah. Um, especially Flex. at the end. Yeah. Um, when it's that, that scene that you were talking about. Like, so funny. So nonchalant. He's like, no, no. He's like tied up to a chair, like about to get murdered by the mob guy. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. no, no. It's like that, you know, the same night that your girlfriend got raped and killed. Like, you know, just like so nonchalant. He's kissing he's up like, to him when earlier in the movie when he thought he was going to go into the witness protection program. Yeah. He was like, yeah, you're, you're the dawn of the douchebags. Yeah. He's, and he's Nick like, the prick, to that's what I call you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was just, I think that was Very my good. favorite scene. Besides the, 
you know, the the goo the goo scenes. And the dick football. I, of, no, football. I, that's not in my top three of the film. Speaking of dialogue, there's a, a scene where somebody mentions the pussy posse. And that, that sent me down a little research internet rabbit hole. Did it? Yeah, you guys, are you guys familiar with the pussy posse? No. No, sounds like something that like Cheech would have said in like uh, From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> no, that was Leonardo DiCaprio's crew in, oh, the, in the late 90s. Oh. The pussy posse. Oh. It was DiCaprio. Isn't that still his crew? Because no, he they, keeps the, getting older. They but no, they kind of died out. It was, it was him and Tobey Maguire and uh, David Blaine David was in the pussy Blaine posse. David Blaine was in it. Point. Yes. Yeah. These young, it was mostly oh. young actors of, his, of DiCaprio's age. And then he hit Titanic. And he became the undisputed leader of the Pussy Posse, and then yeah. David Blaine got involved. Also, um, Sarah Gilbert from Roseanne was, was in the Pussy Posse. Was she? I think she was the only female member. That's great and they just went around her. to clubs and like set off stink bombs and like called Elizabeth Berkeley over and over, even though they knew her boyfriend, and uh, what? just were like legendary. They'd have their just pranksters. Yeah, like Leo. Leo bet Tobey Maguire he would. Uh, sleep with seven Victoria's Secret models at at the Cannes Film Festival, and they Did were really. I read the whole oral history. I, you as, got wow in there. It's quite a crew. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of hijinks. I'm I'm sorry that you did that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's fun, pussy posse. Yeah, I'm always afraid to Google things like that. Like I might have questions that are raised, and I'm just like, I'm not going to Google it. I just think it'd be fun to be to be in a pussy posse. I've never, you know, I've never had a. It's always every man for himself. Is you know, in my are you recruiting right now? <laughs> yeah, you're I'm like starting. anyone out there. No, please, I'm definitely not recruiting for that. Here's my handle. Be the lamest pussy posse ever. <laughs> I'm I'm a little confused about what the the point of the pussy posse is. They, somebody just, says like, boys. In, somebody in the movie says pussy posse, like something something pussy posse, and I thought I wonder if they took that name from this movie. Trent, are you saying that you want to leave the core four? Oh, for the pussy posse. Anybody got anything else? <laughs> Great melting. Trash. Trash. The next film I chose is Hobo with a Shotgun from 2011, directed by and starring, uh, well, not starring, but appears in Jason Eisner, who also did a VHS, he was, did a segment in VHS too. Oh, And right. he's ABCs of Death. Right. And uh, we had gotten a screener for Kids vs. Aliens yes, recently. Yes, we did. And I had not, I didn't watch it. I haven't seen that either. Um, <laughs> Kids and Aliens, uh, I'm out. I know. <laughs> uh, but Hobo with a Shotgun is not for kids. A vigilante homeless man pulls into a new city and finds himself trapped in urban chaos, a city where crime rules and where the city's crime boss reigns. Seeing an urban landscape filled with arm robbers, corrupt cops, abused prostitutes, and even a pedophile Santa, the hobo goes about bringing justice to the city the best way he knows how, with a 20-gauge shotgun. Mayhem ensues when he tries to make things better for the future generation. Street justice will indeed prevail. Rudger Hauer is back from he is? 
the hitchhiker, the hitcher. Blade Runner, the hitcher. No, oh, hi- yeah. Right. This is all making sense. Now. Yes, I love Rutger Hauer. This is. Um, I was eating a Cumberland Farms burrito that I referred to as an all-time low. I would say Hobo with a Shotgun is a bottom of his career, but he does a great job in this. He's a grizzled drifter, transient. Um, there's everything offensive in this. It's ultra-violence. It's the most ridiculous dialogue, the most just offensive, like, let's just say some shit that's, like, mm-hmm. so out of pocket. Uh, but I love that about this. It, it came from the Quentin Tarantino Grindhouse movies, had trailers. Thanks Killing was one of the other trailers. And I think we've talked about this uh, Machete. as well. Machete. So some of these like became uh, like pseudo grindhouse movies. This one really leans into the grindhouse very, very, very hard to make it kind of like not an action movie. It's too much. It's a horror movie just based on the gratuitous violence that is in this movie. And you get a few like Evil Dead kind of like the weapon becomes fused with your body kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I I love Hobo with a Shotgun. I don't know why. I think I threw it on at a party when you were over once, Kevin. Yeah. This is just my, my kind of thing, this grimy, like, greasy strangler kind of shit. Yeah, this is the... This is another perfect example of Dave doing something else. He's, like, working on a song, or he's, like, editing something, but he's got to have something on, and you're over. And Dave's like, you just got to watch Hobo with the Shotgun. I'm just going to put that on right now. <laughs> and now you're watching, like, within the first few minutes, a guy have a manhole uh, strapped to his head, dropped into the sewer, and have his head ripped off. And you're like, okay, I, I can sit through this. What I will say about Hobo with a Shotgun, it suffered this week because it's up with Street Trash. Street Trash is legit. All the charming things that we talked about, Yeah. even though I did make the comment that the writer was probably trying too hard to do some things, like yeah. the shock value and everything, there is a charm to it. Uh, Hobo with the Shotgun, after watching Street Trash, I just felt like they were trying way too hard to be what they were doing. And it is like purposefully overstated acting. And again, like the one-liners, the movie basically is one giant one-liner. I do appreciate Rucker Hauer. He's the only like understated character, which is really good. Even when Rucker Hauer gets a little like crazy, it's still like nothing compared to like one line from like Slick or, or Ivan or yeah or the Drake and stuff. And Eisner, you know, I I loved his segment in VHS2, the uh like the it's like an alien abduction like kids segment that he then would take and make into a feature which is kids versus aliens. Mm. That we got the screener for. Um so he's kind of developing a reputation I guess for taking things that he made that were like a few minutes long and trying to make them into a feature film. Maybe not the best track to go down. That being said, this one is like 80-something minutes long, barely feature length. It does have all of the things that we talked about in Street Trash where you can go to some pretty fantastic kill scenes. Um, and it does, you know, it's got that grindhouse aesthetic, like the really oversaturated film. Um, a lot of, like, cool colors and things like that. But at the end of the day... Even though Street Trash made no sense, had way too many characters, underdeveloped like potential like storylines and everything, Hobo with a Shotgun felt actually even a little bit more disjointed to me. And, and it tried a little bit too hard in some things, 
where the letdown was more than street trash. Because street trash, at some point, you realize they just said, fuck it. Hobo with a shotgun, I kept being like, all right, what's the character between Rucker Hauer and and Abby, who he meets, who is like a sex worker that he befriends? Like, how's that going to shake up? There's just a lot of like really weird threads that they don't necessarily pull on. Um, that being said, it's trash week. You know, you're not putting on Hobo with a shotgun because you're you think you're going to walk away feeling like hereditary. This movie was certainly an interesting one. I would say very over the top, very gory, very flamboyant. There was a lot going on in this one for sure. I felt sad for our poor little noble hobo um, who just wanted to be like a good guy. It was kind of a bummer week in watching the way people like treated the homeless, I guess, this time around. He just wants to start, you know, a lawn mowing business and like have an income. And then this girl is supportive to him and is like, do it and is nice to him. And she gives him her bed and they're like a little family. And it's just like, oh, and then you just know that the reckoning will be happening. And then it just turned into a like rampage time, which I appreciated also. I wasn't expecting both movies to use human bones as weapons this week. So that was fun that both randomly did that. It was awesome, though. I liked. I think I liked this one better than the weird um, femur weapon in the, in the last one. Would I say that this is my favorite movie? No, I would, I would not say that. But I think it had a fun ending with our hero saving the town in his own way, in his own little martyr way. It was a big old blowout had weird robot assassin things so that was cool too i'll take it a lot of fun deaths a lot of colorful gore there's a lot of fluorescent blood this week i was really into it fun times all around will i put it into my you know party rotation probably not but i don't have a lot of parties so i guess i don't really run into that issue very often (laughs) i um you know didn't love this one um I think street. I like street trash much better than this. I didn't realize this that this was a Grindhouse trailer, and I think that's because it was only in the Canadian version of Grindhouse. Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino had some contest around the trailers in Grindhouse, and and this guy won with his trailer for the fictional at the time movie Hope with a Shotgun that played in the Canadian versions. I don't know if if it's in the you know if you rent Grindhouse, I don't know that you see this or not. I think it probably could have just stayed a trailer. It's very like, it's just one thing that happens and that's bloody violence and saying, I didn't really think of it as one liners. I didn't really hear a lot of jokes really. It was just like, just a guy keeps killing people over and over. He's uh, getting revenge. He, I mean, he's not really getting revenge. I mean, he's just, he's a vigilante. He, he takes the, train to this town and it's i like the town i like the dystopia the urban dystopia very similar to street trash in that sense that there's just all this hyper violence around him everywhere and so yeah he's just the classic like genre film vigilante i think it wears thin for me pretty quickly it's just one sequence after another of the same thing over and over happening Rutger Hauer voted in 1999 the greatest Dutch actor of this century. Wow. We talked about that, I think, when we saw him in The Hitcher. I don't know if they've... That would have been the last century. Now, I don't know who's in the running for greatest Dutch actor of this century. I have a feeling it might be Rutger Hauer again. Well, Is he still with us? No, he's dead. Oh, oh. R.I.P. Well, I guess it won't be him. Or he's just acting dead. <gasps> <gasps> oh, now that you know he's so crazy. good. 
<laughs> Do we know any other Dutch actors? No, nope. Rutger Hauer. That's, that's why it. he used the Dutch one. That was it. It was it drops off. Nope. The list drops off significantly after Rutger Hauer. I'm like, is there a Skarsgård? Where are they from? This was a rental VOD. Little tough. Uh, it, we didn't talk about Rob Wells from the Trailer Park Boys is in the first opening scene of this movie. Oh, he doesn't yeah. last too long. Mm-mm. Three million dollar budget made under a million. Didn't really go anywhere. Um, you know, it, it's fun hyper violence, but uh, that, that was about all I really pull out of this one. I mean, the trash extends to every part of the movie. It is. Tra- I couldn't make it through a second time. Like the second time, I was like, I you know, yeah. I made about halfway through. I did fall asleep on my first watch. <laughs> if I'm speaking my truth. Not- I no. fell asleep but I'm a sleepy a street, bitch. Street trash. Yeah, you know, I just get sleepy. I do too. And then Nick was like, <laughs> so Nick, bless his heart, usually tries to watch at least one film with me a week. And this was the one I was like, yeah, you probably, let's watch this one. And then I fell asleep and he literally woke me up and he's like, can I stop this? Or <laughs> am I watching this by wow. myself? Ask or And I'm like, no, babe, you can... Thank you. You can pause it. Thanks. That, that happens to Caitlin every night. I like pick. I'll just pick out some weird thing. I'll be like, I was thinking of watching like this, like 1971, like Superman oh. versus Dracula movie, yeah. and then I'll fall asleep in like 30 seconds well, and she'll end up. Watching Nick is the whole on movie. a big Suits kick right now, so I've been the watching show a suits lot of Suits. Meghan Markle. Yeah, Meghan Markle. <laughs> Why in is the he flesh. on a Suits kick? I. Listen, it, you know, or is he on a Meghan Markle? Meghan, because of ah, Meghan Markle? No, he's. It's a mind. It's a show. It's like a popcorn show. So it's like you don't need to really spend too much effort watching it. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of those. Why is he interested in this one? I couldn't. He's learning a lot about the law, so that's Meghan good. Markle. She, been, she, <laughs> she, make, she can make you denounce your whole royal family and leave the crown. Pussy, I believe she has something. Pussy so good that she gonna make you watch Suits. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> you know where Harry's mind is. Woo. You know where Harry. You know what Harry's thinking about at all times. <laughs> oh, that must be the argument, though. He's like, I gave up the royal family for you. Yeah, but it's gotta be. That pussy. That pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. This is no correlation to that, but I'd always thought with that font. Every time it comes up, I always think that it says sluts. <laughs> well, we're oh. there. <laughs> well, come on, got oh. there. I didn't click it. <laughs> <laughs> um, while I have a moment, oh. I'd like to refer to you some, some literature. <laughs> so I've said the word hobo on the podcast before. Have you? I have. It's and, not really a, and a great ev- word. It's not. Exactly. So every <laughs> single time Trent says, you can't say that, cat. And I'm like, I don't think oh, did it's... did I say that? You've said it before a few times. I'll Roll never forget. Roll back tape, please. Roll, Roll it. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Um, so I did some research, and I've got some documents. Okay, all right. Um, from the National Coalition for the Homeless. Okay. Did you use a microfiche? <laughs> yes. Boop, 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 boop. Nice. I brought my portable microfiche here. National okay. Coalition for the Homeless. Yes. Okay. Um, it's official word. So what I've gathered from this document is that you maybe were a little right, but maybe also I was a little right. So let me just okay. give you a little. All right. Mm-hmm. Resentment and fear of the homeless is nothing new. Vagrancy was criminalized in England four centuries before the American Revolution. England began branding these arrested vagrancy with a V for vagabond. Those arrested a second time could be executed. Mm. Wow. Yep. Attitudes have shifted over time, as has terminology. 
while bum is still a derogatory term for someone uh, without fixed residence and regular employment, terms like hobo and tramp conjure up nos- <laughs> conjure up nostalgic. Uh, a little more romantic. Yeah. <laughs> Lady in the tramp is yeah. what you're thinking. Yeah. 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 So Box hobo and tra- cars. hobos emerged in the U.S. after the Civil War. When many men were out of work and their families displaced, the term emerged in the American West around 1890, though its origins are hazy. Some say it was an abbreviation of Homeward Bound or Homeless Boy. Oh. Author Bill Bryson wrote in his 1998 book, Made in America, that it might have come from Hobo, a railroad greeting. Ho, huh. H-O, right. and then B. So what I'm gathering from this is that it's a nostalgic term right. for people that chose to be this way so i don't know if it you really watch out for nostalgia though <laughs> there's a lot of nostalgia. <laughs> if there's anything that this no podcast... <laughs> <laughs> so more of the story is i don't think it's probably we shouldn't probably just call people hobos but i think no. someone can refer to themselves as a hobo if they want oh sure of course but it's probably better than saying you like it's probably better than saying like bum i don't think it's i think it's the same as bum you personally. think it's the same yeah. what about tramp same Okay. Antiquated, kind of derogatory. All right. Well, you showed me, pal. <laughs> so thanks. But it's okay to, to call yourself that. Yeah. Sure. I mean, if you if you, you are traveling with purpose, I think if you're traveling with a purpose, unhoused, etc. Sure. <laughs> Unless if you have if you have a stick and you have a handkerchief wrapped around the end of it, with stuff, then that's fine. <laughs> hobo. hobo. That's if you're hobo. a character that's... in Dennis the Menace, then you are. Well, but you think about like. You never say like, "Oh, don't be such a hobo." You say, "Don't be such a bum." Yeah, I, I don't, don't think know. if this movie, if this was made today, I don't think it, they would title it "Hobo with a Shotgun." What do you think? I think it would be attitudes titled? have changed that much in. But it's Grindhouse. Yeah, but still, I just I think that popular attitudes have changed enough that I don't think they would name it that today because they would just wouldn't want to get into controversy. Ruffle I think me. 2011 was probably the last around the last era. Mm-hmm. Then things change. Quickly and then go back. I'm not saying yeah. it's bad. I just don't think it would be named that now. Can we know. still well, dress up as hobos for Halloween? No. Okay. Can't just checking. Just no. double checking. You got to be careful of dirt face. You know, dirt face. You know, you don't want to be a coal miner or anything like that for <laughs> Halloween. Just stay That's away right. from all those costumes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Any dark kind of coloring that could be put. You know, I when I first saw the uh, Quentin Tarantino Grindhouse thing, that was kind of my introduction to Grindhouse, so I'm sure I saw it as a child accidentally, you know, around me. But I didn't know much about the scene and, like, how it would be like a movie would go on tour, basically. And that they were cheap and they were made, you know, hand over fist out of these these factories or these companies that um, that made them. But when I first saw the Grindhouse movies, I hated them all. Because of the l- lack of plot, the character development was impossible because the dialogue was so stupid. Yeah. And then, and I hated those. And I was like the first, I was like following his whole career. And I was like, oh, now I'm really disappointed at his, you know, him and Robert Rodriguez, who I also love. And I was like, oh, this is not it. And then I saw some movies that were recommended that are like Grindhouse, like horror movies. I think that. What was the one that you picked where there was like the vampire girl attacking the guy on the beach? Oh my God, that was um, that was Cat's pick, uh, yeah. Bloody Mary. Yeah, <gasps> Bloody Mary. Yes. Yeah. Almost yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. That's a that's a grindhouse kind of movie, right? Yeah, yeah. But after seeing a few of those, then when I watch, um, 
like hobo with a shotgun and it has stupid dialogue. It's it's like listening to like a lo-fi recording and being like, well, that doesn't sound good. But, you know, I think it's very intentionally not supposed to have any kind of commentary, yeah. any kind of smarts. I don't and think, right. Even as far right. as like every single time the girl and Rutger Howe's character got together uh, and had a talk about life and he was very inspirational all the time. Uh, they would play this like pan flute music that was really, really <laughs> cheesy. And I kind of respected it for how like, okay, you're going you're gonna to lose money making a movie like this. This is not going to be a successful movie. Maybe a cult classic, but it didn't even reach that. But well, I, I thought... It's a cult classic. It's different, like when you talk about the Grindhouse movies that you're referencing from back in the day. Like, that was the whole point I was trying to make with Street Trash is like there's something to be said for when it's done in the moment and then when you're doing it as a throwback and you right. like turn it up to 11. Right. You know, like, like you try like a little bit too hard, yep. you know, like the, it loses a little bit of its charm, I think. It, it reminds me a lot of 80s action movies. I mean, there's no plot. It's just a repeating series of executions, gunfights, murders, guys getting revenge. There's no more plot to any of those. I think, to me, that's the spirit that this is in. Grindhouse, genre, action. It's more of a, really more of one of those than a quote-unquote horror movie, but it's so gory. (laughs) You mean, it has to kind of go in the horror category. I think what shocks me, you said it, Dave, like, it's not going to make money. The Grindhouse, like, when, when Rodriguez and Tarantino announced that, I was super pumped. And and they did show it in theaters as like a double feature. Yeah. Like you bought a ticket to right. Grindhouse. You were there for like three hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it bombed. It did. I mean yeah. the budget's listed at fifty three to sixty seven million dollars between the two movies and it made a whopping twenty five million. Okay, but there so there's one mistake right there that they made. And I've I've I recently saw an interview from from the time, or maybe it was later, with Tarantino or Rodriguez, or maybe it was both of them, and they were saying that they misread the room. They thought that people would know what they were doing if they did a movie called Grindhouse and it was a double feature and they made it. They just thought that everyone would get that and they said they realized afterwards that they didn't really, people just weren't really prepared for what they were trying to do. But also I think it's a mistake when you try to make a Grindhouse tribute, you spend $60 million. That should be, mm-hmm. these guys at that, at that <laughs> moment in their careers, they were they were getting too far out there spending that much money on something that's supposed to be a tribute to the lowest budget shit yeah, right. that's I mean they also there's also some stuff I read that that they claim like the wine because this is like pre Weinstein controversy this is they, big Miramax at the height of Miramax they claim that like he tried to bury this for whatever reason oh really there was something going on there right but even with that like how do we keep getting movies based on the fake trailers I mean you had this Machete with Danny Trejo that actually made 40 million bucks and, and ended up with a, a sequel. sequel. Yeah. Which didn't make as much money but made money and now Eli Roth is finally doing it's the just Thanksgiving finally one like <laughs> now doing it in 2023. Yeah, that's um, pretty it's cool. pretty is like pretty that. astounding. All right, that's not Thanksgiving, that's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Thanksgiving's a Oh, that's a trauma. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't yeah, want to, yeah. Wanna, yeah. Well, I'm sad that you guys didn't like uh, Hobo with a ch- Shotgun. I think I saw it in a time where I was just uh, zoned out, and I, it just made me chuckle so many times. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's totally good for that. I, I honestly think that um, watching it with Street Trash, it's, it's not a great double feature, just because, you know, maybe you want to watch, like, a bunch of Grindhouse or, like, old trash movies and stuff like that, and then take a little break and then go ahead and jump into some of, like, the more contemporary, like... Movies that are paying tribute to them. 
so another similarity though with Street Trash, the guy there's the Drake is the gangster character so, in this one. He's they, a good bad very guy. similar to Duran in Street Trash. The guy who plays the Drake in this, he was in this. This was the biggest star I think I could find in this movie, uh, other than Rutger Hauer. He's in one of the Beethoven sequels. Wow. They Ouch. made sequels? I, I didn't know it. But to there's the dog? Wait, there's the dog franchise. movie? Yes, the Beethoven oh. dog movie. That's a whole franchise. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, Beethoven's fourth is the best one. Oh, well, he's in one of them. I don't remember which one. Wow, Kat's well, going to have a Beethoven I week hope soon. it's the fourth one, because that was the best one. I didn't know there was anything other than the first one with Charles Grodin. Different- I... Movements. I was born in 1991, so stop. I mean, there is there is the scene where they toss Rucker Hauer uh, into a dumpster, and they say, "Every day is garbage day when you're street trash." (gasps) There's also a song in the soundtrack called "Street Trash." Street trash. Oh, yeah. Trash. We didn't talk about the song um, Duran's theme song at the end of Street Trash. I wanted to mention that. That's. Written for the movie, it's called "We Do It My Way." It it's so like a take bad. on, and it's it's sung by the actor Tony Darrow. Yep, we do it my way, like that kind of thing. Yeah, that's uh-huh. funny. That's good. We see that every once in a while. I appreciate when there's an original character theme song at the end of the movie, like the uh, "My Bloody Valentine" mm-hmm. had that folk song. Yeah, that's great. Do you guys want to know some other Dutch actors? Yeah. Please, sure, yeah. please. I, mean, I did a whole Dutch week. You did, yes. In the the Netherlands. Elevator. Starring (laughs) Yes. The Lift. Oh, sorry. Should have been Elevator. Uh, Bamka Janssen or Janssen. Okay. Dutch. But Katja Herbert from The Columnist that we talked about. Oh, right. Okay. Is that it? There you go. Well, I got a I got a long list in front of me. Not not really. uh, Anyone that has been anything that we know. I'm questioning um, the validity of this list because they have Audrey Hepburn listed. Oh, she must have had some. Dutch roots. She's Should also have. dead, though. Her so mother she was Dutch. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Sorry. Thank didn't, you, didn't, Kevin. You know, if you expected me to wow you with anything. Well, yeah, you, no, you gave us yeah, two. You that was you good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I guess this is almost like a so bad that it's good or so bad that it's bad kind of week. It, it's yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd say so So bad it's good. just felt like a normal week to me. Trash. You know? <laughs> Trash. <laughs> Trash week. Next week. Kevin, are you ready? I am. Mm. What do we got? Mm. Well, I'm going to take you guys on a little field trip to the morgue. Oh, yes. okay. So we're going to start with 1979's Phantasm. Oh, the, damn, uh, remastered son. version is on Shutter right now. Yeah. And it looks oh, great. Wow, all right. And then uh, in the spirit of uh, the new Demeter movie directed by uh, Andre Overdahl, we're going to go back to his feature 2016's The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which nice. is on Hulu right now. That's a great one. Did wow, we already right. talk about that one? No, we have not. We've, we've referenced oh, wow. it for sure. <laughs> 